Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we talk about the news with people from around the world. This is episode number 19 for November 28th, 2009. Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? It's been uh, uh, almost two months since I've done a, a proper show, right? Uh, I did this stupid little uh, mini show last time because I didn't have time to schedule for people to be here. So I'm really glad to have coming back to the Phileas Club, Turkey from Saudi Arabia. How are you doing, Turkey? Hey, Patrick. How are you? Wow, you sound more and more asleep every time we start the show. Yeah, I'm supposed to be more because I'm in a boring place. You should try living here. You'll find out. <laughs> you, you really sell it really well. It's boring. <laughs> Come on over. And we also have uh, John, uh, who's uh, standing in from uh, for another host that couldn't make it, unfortunately. And he sort of got asked to be on the show last minute. So thanks so much, John, for stepping up. Hey, thank you for having me, Patrick. Um, I don't actually know where you're from. We've done a, a few shows together. and I am, I'm actually from Connecticut, uh, United States. All right. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. How are you doing? Can you I'm tell us a well. little bit of, uh, about yourself? Because uh, the listeners might know, um, might know about us, but not about you. It's the first time. So, John, do you have to come from a place where it's difficult to pronounce? Did, um, just for just for you, you can. Uh, we sometimes <laughs> like to call it convicticate, but uh, that's just because so many of our political officials have been uh, convicted of something. Um, no, I am. Uh, I work for. Uh, I work as a computer trainer uh, and teaching people how to use computers in a retail store, uh, which okay. I won't mention the name of. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I also do podcasting on the side um, in my spare time, and uh, have enjoyed uh, reviewing movie trailers on negative cutters. Right, with, uh, which, which Patrick has a, helped me out with it. a couple of times. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, we um, just mentioning it super quickly. We do this uh, uh, date night with Patrick and John on on your show, um, yep. and the first one we did with was was for the movie Treasure, and no, uh, Precious. Which yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Precious, which you you chose. And yep. I've seen the review on uh, on um, the Totally Rad show. They were saying that this is probably the most depressing, hellish, horrible movie <laughs> ever. So uh, if you want date advice, don't take it from us. No, and I think that's, that's the point. <laughs> All right, but we're not here to talk about dating or uh, movies. We're here to talk about what's been happening around the world for the past month or so. And uh, we have a couple of uh, cool topics I want to mention. The first one is going to be the uh, 20th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, which was really big in Europe. And I'm uh, very curious to find out if you guys even cared. By you guys, I mean in your countries. And uh, then we might mention a little bit about the um, Conference of, on Climate Change in Copenhagen. And then we'll go to our local stories. 
And uh, just before that, I want to thank the uh, chat room for being here. We're trying out uh, the live stream chat room and uh, live streaming uh, service, which seems to be working pretty well. So uh, thanks a lot for the people uh, in the chat room. Thanks for being here. And I hope you will enjoy the show. Let, let's get started with the Berlin Wall and the anniversary of the uh, 20th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. 20 years already. Wow. That's feels like just yesterday people were celebrating in the street. And I think what I want to do is uh, take a few minutes to talk about how we um, felt and how we, uh, hmm, what we remember from when the wall actually fell before talking about the 20th anniversary. And I think I I'm, I'm, very curious to know, as I was saying, how it was uh, uh, presented in your countries, because obviously for us, it's a huge, huge deal. Uh, as you can imagine, it was uh, the beginning of the end for the uh, Eastern Bloc, uh, the Sovietic, uh, you know, com communist uh, bloc. And I know that, you know, communism is a big deal in the US, but it was really on our doorstep. And I remember when right. I was... Um, how old was I? I was a lot younger than I'm now, I guess 20, uh, 17, something like that. And I remember watching this on TV as it was happening and almost being uh, incredulous. Like I had known for my whole life about this, basically the division between Eastern and Western Europe, of course, and, and uh, uh, Germany was what 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 the world was made it was part of my world it i right. had never known anything without you know a world without that and when it started coming apart it was so it was like something that wasn't even imaginable was was happening and i know that you had signs and and people knew that eventually communism was going to go down but it went so fast and the i remember seeing um I guess my memory of it is remember, is seeing people from uh, the Eastern Bloc, East, East Berlin, coming and taking the wall down and I guess in a way finding out that there was something else. Remember, this is as a 17-year-old kid. Um, they had been kept in the dark and they didn't know exactly what the West was like. And in my mind, it was like they were being freed and liberated. I know there is some truth to that, but that's really the way it fell from here. And it was a lot of welcoming them back into the world, I guess. Um, it was like, okay, come on over. We're all going to be friends. It's all going to be fantastic. And now everything that we were worrying about almost on a daily basis is not going to be necessary anymore. Um, it was really about... The, the joy of reuniting with the rest of Europe that had been separated from us in a violent and, and de deceptive manner. So it was a great victory, which seems obvious, but I think uh, it's... Well, anyway, that's the way I, I saw it. Oh, Patrick, at, at age 17, did you, did you really have an understanding of what, what the wall actually meant? before it came down yeah well you know yeah 17 it's not uh it's not like you're nine or something i mean you study all of this in high school and you right. as i was saying you have uh a, on a daily basis it's part part of your world you have these neighbors who are the eastern europeans who are 
I, I don't want to present the world in a too Manichaean way, you know, divided black and white way, but it's still, they are the bad guys because you hear about the fact that they don't have food in their supermarkets and they have to line up to buy anything. And it's, they, well, you know what communism does, right? And so you, it, you do realize on a very, um, very almost intimate, it's part of your identity as a European, um, what's happening there. And um, yeah, I guess I could talk about this for a little bit more, but I want to hear what you guys uh, felt back 20 years ago when it happened. Um, let's start with John. Sure. Um, uh, how old are you now? Because I'm not sure. I just turned 30. Okay, so you were... So the, yeah. I was essentially 10 mm -hmm. uh, when the wall came out, uh, came down. And I'm trying to remember, I, I want to think... Like, I have certain landmarks in my life that I kind of measure things by yeah. as far as, like, you know, what was happening in my life at the time. And uh, I want to say this was either right before I went to military academy uh, for a year uh, or what? during that time. At age 10? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. It's, okay. uh, yeah, New York Military Academy. Um, and uh, they start at, uh, what, maybe, maybe I wasn't 10 yet. So it's like a um, school or... Yeah, it's like a, you know, it's it's a military academy that's basically goes from grade, I want to say grade six and to twelve. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I think I, I really, I personally had no concept of this at the time of mm. of what the wall meant. I think the the coming down of the wall was what started my education on on this. Uh, mm for the most part that, um, you know, you started to hear more people talking about it constantly because we you know, I, I mean, I basically grew up, uh, with little understanding of what the cold war was. Cause it was pretty much, you know, beginning to come to an end at this point yeah. for the, uh, for the few years before the, uh, fall of the wall, obviously. And, uh, just to, to, um, say a little bit about this, a lot of people who are going to be listening to this show obviously have never known really what the cold war was. I mean, there's a lot of people who are, you know, 20, 25, they didn't even, it's like this thing from the history books. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's strange, but yeah, keep going. Well, I mean, it's just uh, for for me. I think at that point we started to 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 have classes uh, um, discuss more about that, and I started to learn about you know communism, and, and probably a couple years after that, I started to you know we had to read the Scarlet Letter, and, and McCarthyism started to you know, being educated on that and, and mm -hmm. things like that, and how it affected our lives here. But um, I do remember watching the the footage on television um and watching sledge you know sledgehammers being pounded into the to the wall and, and people piled up on top of this thing and i i don't think i understood what was happening um but you definitely felt a, a raw emotion coming through um and it was it was an event of epic proportions so there was even at age 10 you remember seeing it as a celebration and people rejoicing oh yeah or, yeah okay Cool. Um, Turkey, what about you? Um, let's see. How was how old was I? I think I was 13 when that happened. So um, it happened in a time in Saudi Arabia where basically uh, there wasn't any satellite channels. And the only TV channel was the official government channel. 
Hmm. And other than that, you have the newspapers, which were uh, partly controlled by the government. So <clears throat> as a general education in Saudi Arabia, we, they, uh, unfortunately, the education in Saudi Arabia is very poor when it comes to politics and history. They really don't talk much about current uh, politics or current history or even the 20th century history. So was so, there, they didn't really teach you about, uh, how did they approach the divide between the Eastern Bloc and the Western Bloc? Uh, uh, that's just communism and that's uh, just capitalism and that's it. And we're Islamic, so. Oh, okay. It's, 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 but we never really, uh, I come from a background where officially in schools, you don't learn anything about World War One, World War Two, or the whole Cold War, nothing. It's like our history stops as soon as with the fall of the Ottoman Empire. That's where our history books stops in school. So really, okay, yeah, and it it's, starts you know, it's, and it starts it starts with the with Islam. We don't even know about the about the Greeks or the Romans before Islam or anything like that. So mm, wow, it's it's interesting how you know almost every time we mention something that doesn't have a direct relationship, it might be an impression, but. Every time we talk about something that doesn't have a direct relationship with uh, with Saudi Arabia or the Islamic world, um, consistently you've been half-jokingly saying, it's, well, we don't really care about them. They're outside and, you know, we don't worry about them. Well, they're, it, they're it has been. The, uh, and with, with the exception of uh, things have been changing re more recently, but in the older days, specifically in the days of the Berlin Wall and so on, people don't really actually never cared about what happened outside the borders of Saudi Arabia. It's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, people, all, they're only concerned with what's going on inside. And I think the first real reaction Saudis ever had outside Saudi borders was the Af Afghan war. Hmm. So, uh, with the Russians, the, you mean? The with the Russians, yeah. yeah. The Afghanistan war with the Russians, that's the first uh, involvement internationally, a real uh, national involvement with the entire population. Hmm. Uh, saying that, uh, there were people did know about the divide in, in their own ways. It was basically public knowledge, even though it was never taught at school or anything like that. And I do remember, if memory serves me right, there was some very heavy coverage on the Saudi TV news uh, hour. So during the news hours, they have showed, I do remember seeing pictures on TV of people uh, climbing the wall and trying to demolish it. And comes down to who you speak if, you, if at the time in and you would find this interesting the people who talked most about such things and really made a big deal out of it were the older people and when i'm saying really? older like uh, people in their at the time they were in their 50s or 60s 70s 80s uh that, that, those those are the generation who were grew up listening and following the news they they went through wars and uh, like the israeli palestinian wars and so on and for them it was uh, independence many countries got independent and uh, like the united arab emirates and the and qatar and bahrain they only became independent in the 70s early 70s so it was new and people kept on tracking all the news and the only reliable source people went to was uh, the BBC uh, 
radio network. Mm. There, there's an Arabic broadcast of the BBC, and that was like I remember my father every single night taking his radio, sitting outside, turning it on to the BBC, and just sitting there and listening and having tea. Mm. And that was normal for all the old people at the time. I see. So, so, so the young people didn't really follow much at the time. So there wasn't like a general effervescence, like, uh, you know, sense of the world is changing and something is happening and we're all part of it, I guess, uh, back then. No, not really. Uh, it, it's, uh, in a way, the Soviet, uh, when it comes to official media, official media did cover it on the fact that uh, communism is anti-Islamic. So they did c cover it on the aspect that the fall of mm. communism, which is an anti-Islamic perspective, has been falling. And that's the way they covered it, and that's the only way people were interested in. Okay. Since yeah, can I, can I uh, ask a question? communism, religion wasn't accepted mostly. Of Mm. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm just interested to know, as from from an Islamic point of view, what um, uh, other than communism not being Islam, what what is the viewpoint of communism uh, from from for Saudi well, Arabia? I guess communism being you know make, taking a ban on all religions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Communism bans right. religion and uh, liberal, and it's very ultra liberal when it comes to social aspects, right? Yeah. About okay. sexes and so on. So it's it's completely uh, against Islam in its own way. So, all right. So um, fast forward twenty years to a couple of weeks ago, uh, the celebrations of um, the fall of the wall, obviously, and how far we've come, mostly for myself in France, uh, for people who might not know, France is right next door to uh, uh, Germany. So basically, uh, I was going to make a Sarah Palin joke with Russia here, <laughs> but maybe I should. You could uh, Sarah Palin throw uh, from Russia? or Something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really like, in effect... Uh, we are the next door neighbors to uh, to Germany, so what happens there affects us very, very much. Um, right. And the celebration um, has to—you can't really talk about that twenty-year celebration without talking about how incredibly close the uh, German and French people and government have become. Um, the, it was already the case with the Western, um, with West Germany, but. Even more so now, uh, Europe has come very, very far in uniting itself, in you know, intertwining the uh, economics, uh, economic needs, and supplying and, and markets. So they we really have become. It might not be super apparent, but today something like these wars that had been plaguing Europe between France and Germany mostly. Um, are completely unimaginable. And I was talking about this with a friend um, from the UK a couple of uh, days ago. And uh, in my workplace, we have people from all over Europe. And consistently, we make jokes. With the German, we joke about the war. Like, I don't know, we'll mention, you know, something about Germany and Poland and the fact that, you know, there's a Polish guy in the office and we're going to say, hey, German guys don't, you know, walk over 
po the Polish guy today, you know, it's a it's a holiday. Don't do it today or something like that. I don't know. But we keep joking about the war. And we noticed how these young Germans have no problem. You know, they're maybe 20, 25, maybe 30. And they don't have a problem with it because it seems so remote that it's it's okay to joke about it because it's we're so close and almost part of the same uh nation hmm. well nation is a strong word but the same community with the same people and joking about nazis invading poland is almost okay um interesting and uh oh wait the chat room has gone dark i'll try to launch it again Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's completely okay to joke about things like that, whereas obviously maybe someone who was of the previous generation wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be comfortable with, uh, from the previous generation, I mean in a German person from the previous generation, wouldn't be comfortable saying, oh, you know, the Nazis are going to have did this and ha ha ha, it's funny. You're like, well, I think you. I think you've got two things that have sort of separated that. You're just like, yes, you have a generation that personally has no connection to any sort of atrocities or or, or anything as far as being connected to to Germany, Nazi Germany, or anything like that. Um, and at the same time, uh, you've you've got them being so far away from uh, from their belief system. And as someone even in the chat room has uh, mentioned this, Sean SQ, said they generally don't believe in the beliefs of Nazi Germany, so they're more... Uh uh, more on your side than theirs, and I think I think the the absurdity. There's almost an absurdity for them uh, of of why, that this would even ever happen. So once once yeah. something moves into the the realm of the absurd, joking about it becomes much easier and and much easier to deal with it by joking about it. Yeah, I guess so. It has uh, it it does have something to do with that. I was curious though. Do they ever get tired of? Do they ever get tired of it? Like because it's like, I don't want to say every conversation, but every time there's a joke to be made, that's what the joke is about. And I don't know. I guess it's it's on the same level as you know you guys in the U.S. when we have when we do you know podcasts with me and we start joking about uh, you are hamburgers hamburger eaters and someone will come back with yeah well you you know don't put out your white flag yet or something like that because i'm french and right i don't take it super i don't really take it bad at all because we're just among friends and um we're joking around with no consequence or, or no deep uh, meaning to that uh, beyond the the joke and so anyway all this is to say that we have grown very very close and the celebration was i think at least in, for me um i think it was the case for everyone but it but but for me it, there was a sense of pride which is difficult to explain but it it, it was look I, I took it i guess and i think that the all the celebration and the uh ceremonies that were in berlin were a way of saying, look how far we have come together. Look what we accomplished. Um, and there there was, of course, a lot of uh, reports on TV about the, the guy uh, who was a high-ranking official in the uh, German, um, East German um, government who announced that the door, the um, Brandenburg, uh, 
gate, I guess, uh, was going to open, which was the main passage point between the East and the West in Berlin. Um, and the, the people from Eastern Germany went to the, the, the streets and it was broadcast on TV. So they thought, okay, now it's okay. We can go down now and go and cross the, the, the gate. But the people, the uh, military uh, personnel that was guarding the gate had not received any order to let people go, to let people pass. So everyone was asking, uh, the reporters were asking, what, how did you react? What did you do? Did you, you know, you were supposed to shoot people who were trying to go through. And they said, there was so many people. First of all, we didn't want to shoot them, of course. And second of all, there was so many people, there was no way we could have done anything. It was a sea of, of every person from Berlin who was coming down. Um, I've met a few German people uh, since then, and um, I asked them if, about uh, the, the moment when the wall fell and when they finally had the right to go into the West. And overwhelmingly, what they remember was, well, maybe not overwhelmingly, but the people I talked to were sometimes a little bit younger. So what they really remember was the fact that as families, they would gather, travel sometimes from the countryside and go to the West. And they had received a, little, uh, a small allowance from the state to you know, celebrate the fall of the wall and everything. And they traveled to the West and bought toys and Disney character paraphernalia. And that is the thing that a lot of them told me and, and that they remembered because obviously, I guess, you know, Disney is a symbol of, of uh, the West and capitalism and, and all that wonderful, uh, these wonderful things that they had access to at this point. Um, so, yes, I guess a huge celebration on TV everywhere for several days leading up to uh, the ceremonies. And again, that overwhelming sense of pride of this is how this is what we did together. It wasn't just about uh, Germans uh, being there, but really about us, mostly, especially between France and Germany. Uh, and and Sarkozy was at the uh, ceremonies over there, and uh, Angela, Merkel, uh, Angela Merkel was in France a few days earlier uh, for celebrating the armistice uh, of the war. Um, so, yes, uh, that's it, I guess. Uh, celebrating together, happy, proud, we're all cool. And at this point, I really don't see how we could go back to a conflict like that, which obviously can always happen. I realize, you know, it, it, peace is precious and we should guard it, you know, with with uh, a, a lot of efforts. But it feels like it's almost impossible to go back to a situation like there was uh, 50 years ago or 60 years ago. I mean, you don't think there are there are certainly areas in the world where that does continue to happen? Oh, no, of course, of course. But I mean, between because historically, uh, Germany and France were <coughs> at it for forever. And even, you know, UK and France and Europe was a cesspool of war and conflict. And today with the economic uh, intertwined, you know, relationships that I was talking about, and the sense of uh, being that that is basically what uh, uh, the people, uh, the, the uh, leaders after the war wanted to achieve. They were like, OK, we've had three major wars in the past, uh, you know, 70 years. This cannot go on anymore. We almost destroyed ourselves uh, ourselves this time. And they said with the goal uh, at, at uh, the head of it, they said, how can we make sure 
this doesn't happen again. And they sort of decided that we had to be united, not, you know, get a European identity and and economical work together. And I think they have managed with all the, you know, problems that the EU has and all the issues. And there are a lot, but they have managed to do it as much as they could. And the, the sense of pride that we felt with this Berlin Wall celebration is a testament to that, I think. Um, all right, so celebrations. Uh, let's talk with Turkey. Uh, now that you have satellite and all of that, was it different from 20 years ago? Um, no, not really. And I, oh, I think crap. it's mo no, it's mostly I think because <laughs> of, of uh, other more important news for uh, currently in Saudi Arabia being covered. So it's kind of. It was mentioned on the news. It's uh, they did cover it, but we have a lot of things going on. We have a war right now in the south. We got pilgrimage for Hajj, and we got some floodings, and there's a few things going on here. So it's not really on top of the priority list. Hmm. Okay. So, but it it was like mentioned in passing, and no one really cares. Uh, yeah, it was mentioned and uh, celebrations. Uh, you're talking about the culture that is not used to celebrating things that already happened. So it's happened, that's it. What are we really? celebrating about? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, in Islam, you have celebrations of lots of stuff that have already happened. Uh, no, we don't officially know, and especially in the Sunni Islam. Okay. There's only two holidays, and that's, those are the holidays that they only celebrate, and they have nothing with the past. They're mostly things that happen at the same time. Okay. Um, okay, and uh, John, what about you? I mean, I, I'll have to say, I mean, it was it was on the news. There wasn't... Uh, it was more of like a news point. There, I don't think I saw too many celebrations happening here. Um, but I think the most interesting thing that happened out of the 20th anniversary celebrations was the, uh, the Journey of the Wall project. And uh, I can't pronounce the name of <laughs> of the actual name of the project, but they took... I'm not uh, sure what you're talking about. Well, they took 20 br uh, bricks from the Berlin Wall. Uh, some, they said symbolic wall bricks, and they sent it um, to different countries like Korea, Cyprus, Korea. Yemen... Uh, and other places, uh, and basically where uh, you've got um, some separation, uh, you know, um, border, you know, border issues, and you know, and division is pretty much kind of central in their lives, um, and uh, and they uh, they basically used it like they do with a lot of things as a uh, a, uh, a canvas, and they sweet. I'm getting the uh, the echoes, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, you know as a canvas for artists and and things like that um, to to paint the bricks and 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 stuff and I think I think that is a, a very interesting way of celebrating the fall of the Berlin Wall to see okay what kind of lesson can this wall be for the rest of the world? Hmm. Okay, and you did hear about this. Mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting. I, I'm not sure. I mean, there was a lot of uh, painted wall, like like dominoes, um, in in the celebration, in the ceremony. But the, and they made one fall, and it was making all the other ones fall, and all that crap. But I haven't heard about this project in particular. 
I um I, I forget what channel I, I saw it on. It was only one story, but it was the one that actually stuck with me out of all the, you know, just the video of people celebrating. Um, and I think it was the most kind of just the most meaningful uh, way to, mm. to celebrate it. Okay. Well, so I guess it is a big deal and mostly for us and not so much for you other people. I guess I'm a little bit disappointed. I wanted the whole world to uh, revel in our joy. That's just how nice I am. Well, I mean, it's one of those. It's one of those things where I every every country has those moments, um, and as we move closer to becoming more of a world, you know, world economy, and uh, um, you know, breaking down a lot of those borders, I think we'll have more moments where you will see more countries celebrating with each other uh, uh, of these moments, but. You know, everyone has sort of their. I think that's uh, wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly. But I mean, but I mean, can't you say that at this point, you know, Europe has gone towards that point? Europe is becoming, you know, uh, more borderless and uh, uh, more unified because, I mean, at the very least, you have uh, a unified currency and and things are starting to move towards towards each other. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just, I agree. I'm just not sure how. Um, uh, unified uh, we will become with the rest of the world. Although, hey, great way to transition into the next topic. Uh, with the uh, conference on climate change in Copenhagen, things seem like they have been going pretty well. And we, we thought that we were not going to get any significant uh, advance. But in the past few years, we, uh, I'm sorry, in the past few days, we've been basically following what uh, Obama was going to do. If he wasn't going to go there, if he was, was going to say, uh, he'd give his okay to a, um, to a reduction in carbon emissions. And it, all of it depended on are they, were they going to uh, give, I'm sorry, would other big countries uh, agree to also reduce their carbon uh, emissions? And uh, very recently, we heard that uh, um, Obama was indeed going to be in, uh, in Copenhagen. And today, I think uh, Sarkozy was at another uh, meeting of world uh, powers and India announced that they would be okay with it too. So it seems like things are falling into place and we are very, um, I guess we're trying to lead the way by <laughs> maybe not by reducing our carbon emissions ourselves, but at least motivating everyone to say yes at the same time so that we don't have that stupid little chicken game of watching who's going to go first right um and so i guess for us we're all for it but we're not in the position that you guys are in which is huge heavy super big dependence of oil on oil uh for you guys in the u.s because at least in france we have a, a lot of uh, uh nuclear powered plants yeah till one of them oh nuclear scares then, us then, then, then we can talk, Patrick. What? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what. You I'll said. wait until one of them blows up. Then we can talk. <laughs> well, you know, at least until then, we're uh, we're getting warm uh, apartments, which is you know important. <laughs> so, what are you trying to say, Patrick? Uh, that we don't need uh, as much oil. That's all. That's it. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. And, and and how are you going to take care of, of all of that waste? 
But we'll just bury it in the sea. We'll see. <laughs> ah, thank you very much. In the, in the Mediterranean <laughs> Sea, right there. <laughs> no, 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 no. the Dead no. Sea is fine. Wait, no, all the salt to make it all float. I, yeah, exactly. I, uh, just, just dump it. Let someone else worry about no, it. No, we Let have... the next generation worry about it. Oh, and like uh, using up all the petrol is uh, all the hey, gas. Petrol, is you can you can work around it. You put more plants. You can. There's different ways. That thing stays <laughs> for a thousand years or more and <laughs> doesn't go away. All right. So, so I guess I guess uh, you, you two aren't super uh, pro nuclear. I'm actually but... perfectly fine with nuclear power. Really? I uh, I'm fine I with nuclear no as long as they allow us to have bombs. What? What? Well, I don't think there's a question that we're not going to have bombs, so you're fine on that end. You, you, you can have as many bombs as you want. Well, not you, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, th that conference, have you even heard about it? Because it's been like a huge deal for us in the past, um, in the past few days. Well, not a huge deal, but we've heard it's the one thing that comes back again and again and again. Um, I mean, so, to be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't even like been able to see anything past parades and uh, um, gigantic <laughs> turkey balloons uh, for the past few days. So I don't, I really haven't heard anything about recent uh, happenings uh, in the in the conference. Wow. So I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, in a few minutes with the sure. local stories. Sure. And uh, <laughs> um, I guess my second question is for Turkey. Do you get like uh, anti uh, anti Copenhagen uh, climate warming uh, climate change conference propaganda on on <laughs> on uh, no, Saudi no, media? No, no, no. We just we just go mad when we heard the word uh, fuel tax. Uh-huh. When you yes, Europeans start saying that word, we start hating you. <laughs> but do you love us before that or is it just like I was like start hating you? <laughs> yeah. No, no. We love you until you say we're going to start to have fossil fuel tax and then we start hating you. Yeah. Stupid I guess that it is one of the uh, one of the ways that we're trying to uh, reduce the carbon emissions, but uh, yeah, I, I mean that's that a tough thing because it's like, all right, how do you how do you force uh, well how do you get people to change? And if saving, you know, saving the earth and and saving our future and something that's not overly tangible isn't enough to make you know to make that change, then it's you know that's where taxes start coming in. Um, yeah, I mean that's the same way you know you, you want people to stop smoking. We'll tax the hell out of it. Um, make it yeah. legal and tax it. We recently had a uh, an increase in the uh, cigarette tax, which some people were not happy about. But uh, yeah, I guess it's the only way. And obviously, the countries who do uh, produce. Uh, gas and petrol are not going to be happy about it. Um, all right. So what you're saying, Turkey, is that you don't really care about that conference and you're mm, not going to be following it. But no, I mean, even, and, even and, as I said, and as I said, we do have here other problems that people are yeah. more interested okay. in at the moment. <laughs> okay. So let's move uh, to these other problems and talk about the local hey, I, I need yep. to rant on one topic because we didn't do that last show okay here we go <laughs> peace prize the Nobel peace prize yes i have oh, to rant, rant on this about one. it we no, did rant about it we did didn't we i think so yeah i don't remember i just it's, it's still bothering i, me I can take today. it you can talk i don't care <laughs> it's still bothering me till today no i remember i remember turkey we we 
talked about it. Maybe maybe you weren't on the show, uh, but I remember that I ranted about it and said that it was ridiculous and and you know all these things. All right, I, great. I, I okay. did talk. About okay, it. then I don't need to rant since since you already <laughs> said it was ridiculous. Okay, you got my approval on it. <laughs> I, yeah, I got your back on that one. Um, all right. So now local stories. For me, you know what? There wasn't a lot. I mean, uh, swine flu stuff happening, not super, not big panics. Uh, there was the, the midterm uh, for Sarkozy. We don't have elections in the midterms, unlike the uh, U.S. Uh, but he basically brought back a lot of uh, talks about the... Um, Uh, one of the, his favorite topics, which is uh, immigration and uh, insecurity and uh, crime, which I could... Uh, there's a weird dichotomy here uh, in France about crime specifically, because it is used, obviously, about uh, as a, uh, a, a politics tool. Like, you, you wave the, the fear. It's sort, sort of a little bit, not fear-mongering, but it's conveniently... Uh, brought back when when uh, the you know elections come around but on the other hand we do have a serious crime pro not very serious but uh, in some of the less uh, rich neighborhoods that are almost like ghettos we don't have guns or anything like that but the cops in some of them can't really go in some parts of them anymore and you would have things like kids or gangs of kids who light up a, uh, a car, who burn a few cars. And if the police or the firemen come to, to extinguish it, they are, people throw stones at them. Like it's a, a, almost a game, you know? They, they light up a car if Whack people a come here. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. it's not like you get people dying all the time, but it is a, a problem. And you have other, you know... So we have problems like these with... That's where, what you, with, happens when you get North Africans in slums. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the exact problem. And, and we built... It's not slums. I mean, it's, it's uh, living quarters. How do you call it? Uh, yeah, and how about the slum you just cleared? No, that's different. That's a different <laughs> issue. You're talking about... Uh, the jungle, camps. I think you call it, or something. Yeah, it's it's a different issue. It's a it's camps where we put uh, illegal immigrants pending uh, de deportation, I guess. Um, which and they become super problematic because they don't have um, uh, enough place to put them. And then we a certain class of uh, the French political scene doesn't want them to be extradited. But then when you ask what we should do with them, some, of, some people want to do mass regularization, but uh, they are very So is that exactly what practical. the District 9 was about? <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> I guess you could see it like that. Um, but, so yeah, the main I, character in District 9 did have a resemblance to Patrick. No, no, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> oh, kidding, yeah. Kidding. oh, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> But um, so what I wanted to say is that we have a sort of strange relationship with security issues and police work because uh, the police is not respected uh, at all in some of these regions. But when you talk about being tougher on crime, a lot of people go back to, you know what, we are... Um, we are responsible for, for this because we brought workers from Northern Africa to build the country back up 
basically uh, after the war. And now they they are in terrible conditions. So we should basically being tough on them is not the solution. But obviously we should be doing more in the uh, area of education. But it doesn't mean that, in my opinion, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have the law be respected. So that was a it's it's not an easy uh, uh thing to talk about but every time you get uh someone talking about uh having the law respected and enforced we very much go to some some of the political class and some of the media very much go to oh look at that this is extreme uh right wing stuff and we shouldn't accept these things because it's dangerous and this you know sarkozy is a nazi basically um, and again, he brought back the the issue of um, of uh, uh, security, as I said, conveniently, uh, you know, at at uh, some point. And this whole debate sparked up again because it's an easy win because it is a problem. So I'm not giving a, a solution or an appreciation there, but that is. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's one of those unsolvable problems, though. I mean, because there's so there's so many facets to an issue like that. I mean, it's the same same in America as far as immigration, and you know, you always hear people talking about like California, and and you know, do we do we give you know uh, you know rights you know to to immigrants who are coming up, and uh, and as more immigrants who have been here uh, you know for some time are then giving more rights to those people, and, and it's just like this gigantic argument. And it doesn't matter which side you fall on. It's horrible answers no matter what, because everyone wants to solve one issue and you can't, you know, one issue does not fix the others. And you have to sort of, you know, it's, it's the, it's the same reason why, you know, uh, why communism didn't work and, and all these things, because the idealistic, uh, path does not realistically work. And um, it just gets distorted and, and messed up over time till it becomes warped. And I, it's, it's one of those for us in America, it's a political uh, it's one of those political things that you argue for the sake of distracting from things that we can actually reasonably fix. Well, I think to an extent, it, it's not 100 percent similar, but to an extent, you did nail it on the head, which is. A lot of people would like things to be wonderful and us to be able to solve the uh, crime and security issues without enforcing, uh, you know, the law by police work. And it would be wonderful, but I don't think it can really work. And and we do have to work on both fronts, but a lot of people don't want to um, don't want to see that and don't want to accept it. So uh, we get on one side the people who say no, no police, this is fascist, and on the other side you say that you have the people who say, you know, you think that we can solve everything with education, but we don't have time or whatever. We need to do that first. But we really should working be working on both. We have issues like kids not coming to school and. Uh, anyway, let's. Th- th- there's a whole education chapter which I could rant about for a long time, also. Um, but I think we wouldn't have time for this. We, maybe we should do a, a special on on uh, education and children. There that is an interesting uh, topic. Who is responsible for what? 
Um, but yes, let's move on to what I guess is going to be sad and depressing, which is the updates from Turkey, before we talk about something super fun, which is the updates from John. We'll see if... Are you calling are. me sad and depressing? No, you've been talking <laughs> about floods and wars and... Uh, and, plus, and plus, how come you didn't bring, mention anything about uh, your president visiting uh, Saudi Arabia? Uh, because it was touted as a private visit, but it did make us think. Because he was supposed to be a, on a mayor uh, um, gathering meeting thing, and he promised he was going to be there every year, and he wasn't there because he was in Saudi Arabia. But it, apparently, he was in Saudi Arabia because of a private thing, but it wasn't really private. So that did cause a big stink. Yes, um, uh, Patrick, what would he do in private in Saudi Arabia? I don't know. Go for uh, ice cream. What do I know? <laughs> do they do they have gelato? I I'm sure they do. They have everything. They even have uh, air conditioning. Uh, um, we have snow uh, skating rinks. <laughs> yes, I wasn't sure if it was in uh, in. Uh, it's in Dubai. They have a uh, a like yeah. A they snow have slope. Yeah, right? yeah. We also have a, a yeah. couple here. You do. Wow. All right. So, so what's been Saudi happening? Saudi Arabia. Well, I have four news topics that were huge and okay three of them are still huge now okay so the first one is not saudi arabia related however if and i'm sure you know about this patrick football game or soccer between algeria and egypt yes i've yes i've heard about it but how does it affect uh saudi arabia it, was, it, it doesn't it, it just, it's just unbelievable it's a huge news coverage oh, here okay yeah well it, it was pretty big here people, too people were killing each other hitting each other all over a football game <laughs> killing each other there wasn't yeah, any there killing were, there were deaths really well it was so so people uh, understand tell me if i'm not mistaken because i don't really follow football at all but uh algeria won the uh match which qualified them for something which hadn't happened yeah for 30 it, it's years a match to qualifying for uh the world cup okay in so South Algeria Africa. won, and, 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 and there were there were three matches. The first match was in Algeria, and Algeria won. Hmm. The second match was in Egypt, and Egypt won. The third match was in Sudan, and is Algeria won. So Algeria officially qualified. But through all of this, oh. through all of this, there were riots everywhere, the, uh, destruction. Uh, the newspapers, the t television channels were attacking each other. I, if 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 you didn't know that there was a game, if you just came in there and just started hearing and seeing what's going on, you would just think there's a war going on, and the, and the reason is someone killed uh, a president was assassinated or something. You will never ever think for a second it's all over a football game. Yeah, we do have. You know, it's funny. I I do think about this sometimes. Uh, the the football fans can become super violent. Uh, it, and it's it seems to be only about football because it uh, maybe I'm mistaken, John. You can tell me this, but it, I don't think that you have people becoming super violent like this in the streets and rioting about American football or baseball or whatever. Not really. No, I mean, not, not to the extent hockey. that you see about. Uh, no, uh, in in uh, hockey they do it on the rink, like they. Right. they no, they no, get they it. do it in the streets. I've seen videos of that. I I would I would say hockey is probably the closest thing to it, but nothing tops soccer. 
<laughs> All right, so that was the first uh, the first that thing was that was the first doing. one. Uh, second news: uh, there is a war going on down south in Saudi Arabia right now. Officially, it's not a war, but apparently the Shia rebels in Iran uh, attacked a Saudi uh, post on the borders down south and killed one of the soldiers there and wounded a, a few. And Saudi Arabia decided no more, and it responded very strictly. And now I think it's been, what, three weeks, I think, and we're still uh, bombing them. Wow. You know, it's that is one of the things that we it's been mentioned here, but I don't think it's been made into the the big thing that it should be, because Saudi Arabia and Iran going at it is a pretty big deal. And, well, yeah, uh, but officially Iran is still, until now hasn't gone at it. And Saudi Arabia is trying to avoid getting Iran directly involved. Hmm. So, so it's considering only, that it's just, you know, these tribes and... Yeah, yeah. Not, officially uh, Iran is not involved. And officially it is supporting them. But uh, still, it's not the support that could start a war yet. Okay. So, John, did you hear about this at all? Because it seems like, and you know, three weeks, it's not just the uh, Thanksgiving period. <laughs> but it would seem like uh, Iran and, and Saudi Arabia would be a big news item in the U.S. No, nothing nothing really coming to me, but... Um, okay, yeah, so same here. No, Excuse I don't me. think they covered it. I was surprised CNN almost never covered the whole thing. Yeah. So, Okay, so that's surprised. two. That's two. Uh, number two, three is we have now the pilgrimage here in Mecca, mm -hmm. uh, which is the yearly pilgrimage. Now we have about over two million people performing the pilgrimage in uh, the holy city of Mecca. It's a huge occasion. It happens every year. Uh, since it's on the Islamic lunar calendar, it changes every Gregorian year. So it's different times of the year, but it's on the lunar calendar. It's the same exact time. Hmm. Um, and I, I remember you mentioned that it would be a big uh, 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 swine flu problem, and I knew yeah, that it, it is, was mentioned here. It is considered a huge swine flu problem. However, until now, things look very good. Uh, there have only been, uh, I think, four deaths of swine flu and uh, about only 40 infections caught. So. Okay. It's, it's not bad for the amount of people going there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. People are surprised. It's going smooth. Uh, Saudi Arabia d does take this event very, very seriously. It spends billions and billions of dollars on this event every year just to organize it. And they even called uh, many officials from Europe and the U.S. to come and support uh, about the swine flu. They can uh, help them monitor it. So... Thankfully, wow. it's moving. It's, this year has been moving very smoothly. It's funny how the the swine flu uh, craze and and panic hasn't really turned into anything. Um, from what we heard a few months ago that we mentioned on the show, uh, we were fairly certain that it was going to be an epidemic of epic proportions. And I don't think anyone's been having big swine flu flu problems in the world to this day. Could it be that we were prepared and acted appropriately? That's. Uh, I, th I, th I think people are just uh, starting. As time progresses, they're just adapting. Their bodies are starting to adapt to it. And, to and basically, yeah. yeah. Mm. After all, if you get the swine flu once, you never get it again. Yeah, you I guess so. Become, you become I, think, I think I've had it. 
Yeah. You think? Well, as I never got, uh, I had, I was uh, back in September, uh, there was something that went through my whole store uh, and I was sick for about five weeks, like the really? longest illness I've ever had. Um, it's actually why I, I ended up, you know, I stopped podcasting for a while cause I couldn't like, I couldn't talk without coughing. Um, you, you didn't go to the doctor to ask if it was swine flu? Nah, I didn't care. Uh, well, you you're have not a easily impressed. <laughs> um, what was that? Did you have a temperature? Um, uh, yeah, at times. And, uh, you know, it, it yeah, basically, it, it turned into like, sort of a hanging on of, uh, of just sort of like, it just kind of settled, ended up settling in my chest. Yeah. Um, uh, if it wasn't swine flu, it was something, some nasty little bug. Um, but many people I knew were, were sick for an extended period of time, yeah. no matter what they did. Yeah. Same here. I actually had a flu that, uh, or a super strong. No, cold. I, I know, I yeah, know I a few that. people, families, entire families that had the swine flu. Yeah, and they just came out okay. Not a big it wasn't deal. that big yeah. of a deal. So, All right, so that's number three. Do you have a number four or final one? Know? Is uh, thanks to stupid, very poor and stupid planning and corruption, uh, it rained like crazy on Jeddah city on the Red Sea, and you mean it resulted poor planning on the raining schedule. <laughs> no, I had poor planning of building the roads and. Okay. <laughs> and the neighborhoods and so on, and ended up with a lot of floods, and up to n no less than 106 people are already dead God. right now. Crap, you make me feel bad for my joke now. Yeah, and uh, and it's so bad, and people are taking it so seriously and so pissed off about it, because there should have been billions of reals spent to fix this, because this is a problem that happens every year. It's not something that people were surprised by to see it happening. And it's supposed to have been solved. So now there are a few lawyers in Saudi Arabia who are putting a case together and are going to sue the government, uh, the municipality of Jeddah. Okay, so is that like realistically going to uh, to happen? The uh, the the uh, yeah. trial? As, as long as it got on the news, it's going to happen right now. Okay. Now, how practical it would be, we don't know. But it will happen, and as far as I know, this is not official. This is only word of mouth. Uh, the prince of the region, uh, or the governor of the region, uh, was so pissed off, he actually ordered the arrest of eight high-ranking officials in the municipality of the region. Wow. Yeah, okay. that's not official yet. That's what I heard, and mm. people are still following, but this is a disaster. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I heard we heard about the flooding here, but not the the follow up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's big. Uh, other than that, the, we just celebrated yesterday Eid Al Adha, which, which is part is? of the pilgrimage. Eid Al Adha is a holiday; it's an Islamic holiday. There's two, two Islamic holidays in the year. Eid Al Adha is a celebration of the end of the pilgrimage, and part of the tradition. Every single family, uh, Muslim family around the world. Uh, if capable, are required to sacrifice uh, an animal, which is mostly a lamb or a sheep, and oh, right. then, yeah, take those that meat and divide it into three thirds. One third goes to the household, one third goes to family, neighbors, and friends, and one third goes to the poor. Interesting. That's yeah. It's a it's a 
an interesting tradition which does cause now and then uh, issues in uh, in France because you have families living in buildings who want to sacrifice lambs and it, it's uh, basically sanita sanitary problems. Uh, oh, yeah, but well, that's, becomes, that's, uh, they, they should, that's wrong. They should just go and do it in some special place or just hire someone yeah. to do it for them and they just pick it up. They don't have to do it themselves. Yeah. So I guess it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to avoid. It's just people mm. like to make a fuss out of it and think, no, it's this way or that way. Mm. But it's it's and it's it's a big thing. Like I think I don't know how many as cheap they sacrificed this year, but it would be at least in one day, like at least two million sheep were sacrificed. If, oh, if poor this, sheep. Can, uh, is there? I mean, is there? What's the symbolism of of the sacrificing of the? Uh, uh, it's uh, actually we have this. The, it's, it's it's based on the story of uh, Abraham. Okay. And according to, I think in Christianity and Judaism, Abraham was uh, ordered to sacrifice Isaac, right, son. And in Islam, no, we have the same exact story in Islam. However, in this story, is Ismail, his son Ismail, was the one. I think he was he was but, supposed to to um, to sacrifice Ismail, and then Sarah gave him Isaac when she was seventy or something. I'm not. No, they, no, no, no. They were completely different parts of the world. Uh, sure. Ismail was okay. in um, Mecca uh, in Saudi Arabia, and uh, Isaac was in Palestine. Uh, and and apparently the story I is study both. my Old Testament again. Yeah, I could be wrong, but that's what I know. But uh, and as far and for those who don't know what the story is, in case it's basically God ordered him to sacrifice his son. He went and he ordered his son, and he wanted to, he was about to sacrifice him, and God uh, rewarded him for for him without question by giving him uh, an animal to sacrifice in place of his son. Yeah. So okay. That's basically the story. And we got someone sending us some messages. Yeah, I think I'm not sure we're going <laughs> to be able to get him in now. We're nearing the end of the show. Uh, um, can we just bring, him, bring in? him in and talk about Turkey Day with me? All right. Let's bring him in. I was going to uh phase him out for <laughs> we'll see if he if he uh picks up um so yes that's it for uh saudi arabia thanks so much uh and we are going to be talking about turkey day woohoo uh let's uh, thanksgiving <laughs> you see you so, see you have to look at turkey day this way Americans sacrifice turkeys on on Thursday. We sacrifice sheep on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny. Um, there's some sacrifices that happen on Friday, but I'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I think it was... Who was it who was saying... Uh, yeah, Lou in the chat room was saying that he wasn't really super uh, for the um, uh, sacrifice uh, idea. Um and and but it was good that he you know one third was going to the poor etc and he also mentioned that in christianity and judaism he was uh, indeed not him but uh, abraham was indeed going to isaac but um it's true you know if you're not about uh, you're not super happy about sacrifice then uh the turkey poor turkey can let us know in the chat room um 
So, yes, Turkey Day. That was... Does it actually, John, take over, like, the whole world? Do you just talk about this and not uh, talk about anything else? Well, I mean, everything... As far as, like, on Thanksgiving, everything on TV is basically parades, uh, American football, and uh, food. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like, I, I think... You it's see, like Patrick, the world how famous I am? Well, I think we're supposed to uh, stuff turkey with, uh, uh, you know, stuffing and eat it with a side of gravy. So <laughs> I'm not sure you'd want that, turkey. No, thanks. I usually hide when, when I was in the U.S. I go and lock myself at my apartment. And yes, I'm really worried about people thinking I'm one of those turkeys. <laughs> It's such a cheap joke. I can't believe we even made it. But, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, go with it. Randy is with us. Uh, he was supposed to be here, but uh, didn't, uh, I don't know, scheduling issues. He is uh, asleep or something, but he's here in the end. <laughs> That's right. I am asleep and talking to you right now. <laughs> It's amazing. It You're be, very talented. I think it must be the... Uh, 17th time that I've scheduled you for a show and uh, you for one reason or another uh, you didn't show up but who's counting I think I think the 99th time and the next time we win a camera I think, <laughs> is I think next time we're going to do something and uh, forget that uh, uh, your baby is going to be on the way and you're not going to be here with a good excuse so got about got about five and a half weeks according to schedule cool wow Uh, I don't. I think you know uh, John uh, Randy Copperdome. Yes. Who who very kindly came to uh, uh, be the third uh, chair on the show. So so guys, yeah. so did I? Did just I, just after Patrick went crazy and cursed you and did some. <laughs> oh, there was wailing and gnashing of teeth. I'm, I'm not. I can't repeat this. <laughs> And, so and I, I, uh, I assume I've already missed the opportunity to, uh, to, to wish you a happy belated Turkey Day to Turkey. Yes, we were joking about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but you haven't missed the opportunity. No, we were going to talk about Turkey Day uh, now. And uh, John was telling us that basically when Turkey Day happens, uh, so Thanksgiving for the people who uh, don't know, the, the day where... The, oh, the whole of America celebrates the extermination of uh, Native American, I think. That's what you do. Uh, yeah, I, we I have think, wow. enactments and uh, <laughs> all sorts of things. But I, I, I don't think we realize exactly how big uh, Thanksgiving is, because we really don't celebrate it, obviously, uh, at all in Europe and not in the Middle East either. I had a few people on uh, on Twitter tell me, So what are you doing for Thanksgiving Day? And I was like, well, nothing. It's Thanksgiving Day. It's, we, did, we didn't kill any uh, uh, Native Americans, so we don't celebrate anything. Okay, so. well, I mean, you know, I, I never realized how big Thanksgiving was until I, I got out of the United States for a couple of Thanksgivings. And, and the first thing that occurs to me is, is that it's, it's not just something that was invented in what became the United States Uh, you know, 300 years ago, it, it, it actually has roots in harvest festivals that were, you know, celebrated by all kinds of cultures in Europe and, and going backwards for hundreds of years before that. But you got to realize harvest festivals are celebrated by poor 
rural types. And before a couple hundred years ago, everyone everyone lived under kings and and you know no uh, ruler, no no dictator or or uh, you know a theocrat is going to uh, is going to canonize someone for celebrating a harvest festival. So you can see why they didn't uh, you know they didn't uh, spring up and and propagate all around the world, but rather only in in a couple of places like the United States and Canada. Can I ruin this festival even more after we just declared that it was celebrating killing all the Indians? <laughs> Go for also, it. also the, the reason they killed turkeys, because they called them turkeys after the Ottomanes, the Turks, because they hated all the Muslims. What? The oh my Muslims. gosh, that's just... <laughs> I thought it was just because they were easy shots because they can't fly. It's probably closer to that. <laughs> yes, um, it's I, unbelievable. And, it, it is. It is really amazing if you think about if you think about uh, poor uh, religious refugees in the in the 16th and 17th century fleeing across the Atlantic Ocean, and getting to the United States, uh, or what would become you know, the United States and Canada and grasping around for how to feed themselves and finding this incredible source of protein in terms of these nice plump birds you know like you, you it makes it all makes sense I, I would like to know why the there's a you know country named turkey and a bird named turkey but that's another show <laughs> <laughs> um so uh yes so turkey day uh turkey day also goes with uh, I'm sorry. Maybe you wanted to talk more just about Turkey Day. I was going to move on to Black Friday, but uh, what? Oh, I what was I was just gonna. I, I was just pointing out that I never realized how big it was in the United States until I was in Canada for it. So and they I, celebrate I, it in Canada too. Right there, there's Thanksgiving celebration in Canada, as as I think was was uh, attempted to push throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, you know, a hundred, hundred fifty years ago, but. Um, it's not. It's not as big. It's. It, it happened six weeks ago, uh, but the people do all the same things. They get together with their families. They they roast a turkey and they make stuffing and and eat all the usual. You know the same foods. Um, but it's not as big. And I and like I said, I went around asking Canadians this week. So what do what do Americans do on their Thanksgiving? I'm I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Randy. I have to interrupt because Lou, who is like a Wikip live Wikipedia in the chat room, is explaining <laughs> to us that uh, the bird and the country are indeed related. I'm not going to go into the whole explanation. Uh, you can go to Wikipedia probably for that. But in short, uh, in short, Patrick, I was joking. I I have no idea. I just made well, that up. Well, yeah, I I and know you were and, joking. And, and, and yeah, I'm just making sure. And Lou is trying to explain the, the facts. So. Yes, exactly. I know you were joking. Uh, but yeah, it is indeed related. It's uh, um, uh, incorrect. The bird was incorrectly identified as a type of uh, Guinea fowl, I guess. Uh, also known that what Guinea fowl? Okay. Um, also known as turkey fowl, with ah. fowl, and or turkey hen or turkey something, <clears throat> and uh, yes, yeah, so it was, uh, 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 and uh, th that bird that was incorrectly uh, identified it as was uh, um, named like that because it was it was imported through Central Europe through Turkey to Central Europe through Turkey, so the two are indeed related. So if you want to turn your joke about uh, uh, into a uh, 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 rant about uh, racism and xenophobia, I think you could have a leg to stand on if There's you were a basis super. There. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Sorry. So, guys, yes, I'm going to stop interrupting you and uh, Turkey Day. And actually, John, maybe you have more to say. Uh, well, um, so Thanksgiving to, for me is uh, at this point, uh, since my 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 fam my side of the family is spread out all over the country, I don't get to spend Thanksgiving with them. Uh, so uh, my wife and I drive up uh, about three and a half hours up to upstate New York uh, to to see her family for Thanksgiving, and unfortunately, that's all ruined by the fact that I work in retail, and Black Friday uh, basically means that I have to work the day before and the day after. So I pretty much drive a total of seven hours to sit down at a table with a, uh, in a very crowded room with a bunch <laughs> of people, um, stuff myself, pass out, and then hope that I can stay conscious enough for the drive home. <laughs> and But, hey, can, you, can you explain what Black Friday is? Uh, because I'm not sure everyone would know. So, so Black Friday is the... Uh, Historically, the the you know right after Christmas is when you know everyone starts to go out to uh, or right after Thanksgiving when everyone starts to Christmas shopping uh, uh, for the holidays, and that is typically the the rush of extra income is typically the point where businesses move from being in the red to being in the black, which means the point that they become profitable. Hence the name Black Friday. Um, I think it's taken on more of a plague uh, type uh, connotation these days um, with the mass amounts of like the swarms of locusts of people uh, <laughs> uh, uh, descending upon, you know, stores at like two, you know, three in the morning uh, trying to get some ridiculous deal on whatever it toy is for the season or things like that. Um, so it's it's crazy. But this year, I mean, I have to say we prep. We prep uh, for, you know, in, in our store, we, we were like, everybody show up like two hours before your shift, park at the farthest point away from the mall, you know, make sure that you can get out easily um, because, you know, we just sort of remember our, our holiday seasons last year. I mean, there was a point last year where it took me three and a half hours to get out of the parking lot to get home. Jesus. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess, you know, we talked about uh, Black Friday last year, I think. Um, but it, it's interesting to have the uh, the uh, account of the thing from the... Of a bitter know. mall employee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I remember the... We talked about the Walmart thing. Where people got killed and... Uh, yeah, where the employee got, got trampled. killed from yeah, a stampede. I remember that. Yeah. But so is it isn't it supposed to be like uh, the recession over there and you're not going to have a successful, you know, uh, Black Friday? It, well, so that's crazy? that's what we're prepping for is, is you know, massive things. But I think everyone forgot last year. Last year really wasn't that bad. I mean, we were overprepared. So, um, you know, we had tons of people on and it felt even last year like a busy Saturday. Um And it it felt pretty much like that this year too. I mean the the mall. I got into the mall. The mall parking lot wasn't packed. I luckily had a, a, an eleven to uh, eight shift, so I, I got to sleep in in the morning. Um, and I woke up, and and one of my coworkers on Twitter was like, "I arrived at eight o'clock for a ten a.m. shift, and I'm parked." And yeah, it's not that crazy. So I I think I left 10 minutes early for work and uh, and got in there, parked fine, uh, parked far away just in case it got busy later in the day. But it was um, it was a dreary day for us. It was very drizzly, but uh, the mall was busy, you know, again, probably, you know, one of the still the busiest day uh, of the year, but it didn't it certainly didn't feel as insane. So that's not a super. That's not super good news. It means that people are not consuming as much as they would have a couple of years ago. 
I think, um, and as somebody has already pointed out in the chat room, I, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, is everyone sick of Black Friday? Um, so now you have the advent of Cyber Monday now, or whatever, and a lot of the big <laughs> deals um, on on online websites happen. And I think you're finding more people uh, are shopping online. And I'm sure if you combine those two together, we might see uh, a downturn in actual spending. But I, I can't tell how much of that is uh, offsetting traffic to websites versus, uh, you know, a loss in traffic altogether. Hmm. All right. Uh, Black Friday in Canada, Randy, does it happen to? There, there are actually Canadians who uh, drive to the United States to go shopping yesterday. They took the day off. You know, it would have been a regular work day here, just as Thursday was a regular work day here in Canada. And, and they, they really do... Uh, they really, there are uh, some, it's not a, you know, not a big deal. Like I say, I found very few Canadians who had any idea what Americans do on Thanksgiving, but the, the understanding that there are retail stores that are discounting some of their wares and, aren't and they, it is, aren't they going to be discounting for a couple of weeks? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Depends. it's really, it's really become a lot of, of ways to scam crowds of customers, you know, advertise an incredible deal on an item that you only have one of, and then, <laughs> you know, stock the shelves with 300 similar items at a, at a regular price, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it, but, but like I say, you know, anytime there are deals to be had, uh, everyone, including your foreign neighbors are going to come sniff them out. Yeah. All right. Um, quick question, Turkey. Do you hear about uh, Thanksgiving in the U.S.? Here, we hear a little, little bit about it. As And in the U.S., this Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving thing has started, and that's it. Uh, my, I, myself, of course, I hear a lot of it since yeah, I yeah, lived there. Yeah, but, so, but in general, no. No. Okay. I think no, it's no, interesting no. Uh, to, you know, as, as Turkey was saying, you know, one of his big points of now is the pilgrimage. And we sort of have our pilgrimage of capitalism around the same time. <laughs> Which is uh, fantastic also. And, you, yeah, you do. It, it, I guess it is some sort of uh, um, ceremony slash, uh, you know, uh, not religious but it's almost like a tradition it's very it is a societal tradition yeah. absolutely and uh, you do have the the animal you do sacrifice to everyone meets around it and you you have this activity that you do which is shopping just afterwards and uh, yeah there is some uh, striking similarities and we will all be doing that except for turkey of course uh on christmas next uh month uh we might have another show before that uh, a fetus uh Something for dummies. I don't want to say what, but uh, probably in two weeks, if all goes well, that will happen. A quick but, question uh, for for Randy, uh, as since he's you know he loves food so much. Um, <laughs> so since we eat turkey on Thanksgiving, what's your what's your typical Christmas holiday meal? It's it actually has in my lifetime. It's kind of become the same. I remember when I was young, people used to make a big deal about having one distinct meal on Thanksgiving and then a completely different one on Christmas. Like so, since we had turkey for Thanksgiving, we're going to focus on this big ham or something like that. You know, and big uh, ham. Yeah. Yep. Big, yeah. A big spiral cut ham. Right. And uh, and since I grew up, you know, since I grew up in South Texas or northern Mexico, depending on how you look at it, um, 
there 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 was always a tradition of of eating tamales uh, on Christmas Eve. That that's just like a really big deal. It's it, it it will shock you if you go talk to someone who makes and sells tamales. What they you know how many they're able to make and sell in the in the two or three weeks before Christmas. Like uh, hundreds of thousands of tamales are distributed uh, around the, some parts of the world, and and that's that's a tradition. But uh, I mean, this year on Christmas. I'm going to be making another turkey and stuffing. Mm. Well, you know what, guys? You're making me hungry. And <laughs> I actually have to go, so I'm going to go uh, eat at some point. Um, <laughs> but, so we're going to bring the show to a close without the and now for something completely different that we usually do. I wanted to talk about uh, football and Thierry Henry's uh, hand, but I guess we're going to leave that for another time. Um, Let's uh, go to the end of the show with a uh, quick mention of you. Uh, no, not Ustream, uh, of uh, iTunes. And if you please uh, can go to iTunes and leave us a review, that would be absolutely wonderful because it helps us getting a little bit more visibility in the iTunes store. That's uh, really nice of you if you do it. Uh, and I also want to, oh crap, I wanted to talk about France 24. Oh, I'll do that next time. Uh, and I want to thank my wonderful co-hosts for being here and give them a chance to uh, talk about what they do on the internet so people can find them uh, and, uh, and get entertained before the next edition of the Phileas Club. Turkey, uh, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter. You're... You're uh, breaking up, so it's I'm being taken over by robots. <laughs> Robo robotic uh, Turkey is in the house, so uh, Turkey is Saudi on Twitter. That's S S A U D I. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Turkey. Uh, John, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Copper Dome. And uh, you can also uh, check out my podcast where we review movie trailers at negativecutters.com. Thanks so much for being here and for agreeing to be on the show on such short notice, which was literally 30 seconds. <laughs> I, it, was, uh, it was a fun experience, and thank you very much. Uh, it was uh, at a great time. Likewise. And Randy, since you're here, we might as well give you the opportunity. As always, uh, always twitter.com slash Randy Deluxe. That's, that's all I need. Oh, you, can, you can talk more about stuff. Are you good? No, that's, that's fine. Okay, we're good. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, everyone. Uh, I am not Patrick on uh, Twitter. That's twitter.com slash notpatrick. And you can find the show at thephileasclub.com or more easily the central website where I host all my shows, which is frenchspin.com. And if you want to uh, uh, comment or, uh, you know, read the show notes, you can go to that site also. And finally, you can send an email to phyllis at frenchspin.com. And that's going to be it for us. We will talk to you again in a month at the latest and maybe in two weeks if we do that special. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
what what we should do is is we should have a show where uh, it's it's an inconvenient time like for everybody you know like so it's like <laughs> it's like midnight for me and whatever five a.m. for someone and uh, and that way you know like we can't possibly get it wrong because it's gonna hurt. We'll remember how uh, <laughs> much of a pain it is. I uh, I miss I already miss Turkey's ranting. Like I want to hear this show right now so I can hear what's been going on for the last hour and a half. <laughs>